You ready to go? <laughs> yeah, we got a real fun one yesterday to talk about, I guess. So, uh... <laughs> let's do it. All right. <laughs> Welcome to episode 44 of Blue Jays Happy Hour Live. It is our first episode during the Blue Jays playoff run, which um, could continue beyond today, could also not continue beyond today. So it might be our last Blue Jays playoff uh, broadcast, for lack of a better term. Stoden, as I mentioned in the previous episode, I was not able to catch much of game one. So we will treat you as our expert on what happened. Uh, I saw the first couple innings there, which is, uh, you know, when a lot of the events that ended up being relevant did happen. So there's there's something there. But what, in your view, what went wrong in game one? Or is it as simple as Luis Castillo is sort of a thing that can happen to a team? I mean, Castillo was really, really good. Right. Like Castillo, uh, you know, you got to tip your hat to him a bit. I mean, some of the, uh, you know, seven hits over the course of the game, some of the sequencing could have been a little bit better. I.e., you know, they, they just weren't able to scratch a couple of hits in a row together. Um, you know, it was uh, it was it was not a great start. And that kind of sapped a lot of the energy, I think, too. Um Obviously. So I, but I mean, I think ultimately you have to look at Castillo. Like he was just, he was tremendous. I mean, even, you know, in the, in the dome, it felt like he was tremendous looking at the hundreds flashing on the scoreboard. You're like, okay, is this, uh, you know, th this is a little more than you expected from this guy. And then, you know, even going over the data and, and the, uh, you know, the, the graphs and all that uh, after the fact, uh, it all adds up to him being real good. Yeah, I mean, the velocity across the board, you know, already elite. That's something we know he does well. It was up on all of his pitches. Yeah, a lot of those pitch graphs went around showing that he really didn't give the Blue Jays a lot to hit. Uh, like you said, they did get some uh, They did get some hits off him. He wasn't truly unhittable, uh, but, they, you know, they didn't create enough opportunities, right? Like, they had three at-bats with runners in scoring position. Now, I, I don't want to go down the Steve Simmons take rabbit hole, uh, but that was sufficient to write a column off. Apparently, the fact they were able to, in it, unable to uh, cash runs in those three at bats against an elite pitcher, which seems like maybe not enough to hang a piece off of. But you know, we've all we've all written content. You know, um, yes. it's not it has yes. What do you think went wrong with Manoa there? Like, I'm I was watching the first inning and. On TV, it, it looked like the slider was there. Like, it looked like he had that. And that's, it shows up late. Like, he really leaned on the slider late in the game, I think, because he came to understand that that was the pitch to work with. Um, and it looked like the command on both the fastballs was just spotty. Uh, again, I didn't see the, the the end of that start. And it seems like he pulled things together a little bit. But what was the the impression on Manoa in that one? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's different to tell because I was, you know, I was down the third baseline. So, so you, you know, watching the break of the pitches is, is difficult to, you know, to, you don't know whether it's inside or outside. Uh, but that seems like an accurate assessment. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the crowd reaction was more like, oh, he's too, he's too jazzed up. This is, uh, uh, you know, he's amped up for the start and, and just couldn't really, you know, stay within himself as uh, as is a common phrase you know that's in, that, that narr narratives get written really easily uh, at this time of year um that one's uh maybe fair maybe unfair uh it was definitely big he definitely painted itself it, it as big it clearly meant a lot to him we saw in the reaction and uh you know i i, I don't want to say 
I don't know. I, I was yesterday going into the game. I wrote a piece about you know some some pregame thoughts and whatnot. And I, I felt before I published it, I'm like, you know, I'm go- I, there's, there's a little more negativity in here than than necessary, but or than maybe I wanted to convey uh, for such a joyous occasion. Uh, didn't feel so bad about that after the first inning, um, because it is. I mean, it's just it, it's just such a chaotic thing, and it's just, I, and and Manoa I love him, um, but you kind of got the sense of why uh, he doesn't he doesn't look like. To a prototypical ace these days because the strikeouts aren't there because he's not throwing 99 and you felt like the ace there was uh was Castillo and and that's you know it's worked so well for him so many times but I, I also kind of wonder like uh, you know you can talk about pressure not getting to you uh but but it, it's a different animal in the playoffs like when you haven't done it yet the, the, the lot of, a lot of great pitchers have faltered in the playoffs because that's just the nature of the playoffs yeah, and Manoa's superpower this season has been that he doesn't have those huge blow-up games. Like, four runs is the most he's allowed in any start. He's been kind of the anti-Jose Barrios, and that's great. That's an incredibly useful skill over the course of a season. But in an individual game, um, you know, maybe, like you said, the lack of strikeouts, the lack of velocity is a little less spectacular than, you know, Castillo's capable of being. Now, he has pitched individual games that were fantastic this season. There's not a lot we can say to take stuff away from, but this particular game did, I don't know, it did, it did kind of showcase or perhaps exaggerate the difference between him and someone like Castillo. And it, it seems to me that the storyline going forward, if the Blue Jays lose this series, which is by no means a given, I know people are feeling like very down in the dumps about them right now. And, you know, Gosman is coming off this finger thing and he's been tough to trust at times. Um, you know, a one game hole is a big hole in a, in a best of three series. But if they lose this, I just feel like there's going to be a true avalanche of takes related to the Blue Jays trade deadline, which is funny because I feel like, the Blue Jays have improved since the trade deadline. The guys they've traded for have, generally speaking, been useful uh, and helped them win some ball games. And so that storyline had kind of been put to bed, I would have thought. And then, bam, it hits you right in the face in game one. <laughs> a little bit. And I mean, I guess that's why it would naturally be a talking point, right? Like like that, the, the, the story at the time or the negative way to look at it at the time, if you were you know really shocked that they didn't go out and do more. And I think we were surprised they didn't do more, but also... I remember spending weeks talking about, you know, just sort of limited op- limited upgrades and kind of like exactly what we did see. I mean, uh, you know, they didn't get that big starting pitcher. Uh, the Mariners paid a huge price for it, but they had other reasons for, uh, you know, for feeling that they needed to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 you know, you can't run from it. I think that that will definitely be uh, a talking point. Like, why didn't they go out and get a guy who who could do that? But also, he wouldn't have been starting over Manoa anyway. Like, Manoa was was going to be the guy pretty much, you know, even if Castillo had been on this team, uh, I think Manoa would have been this guy. So, you know, what are, what are we even talking about? And uh, and yeah, the the one, you know, the the one game hole tough, but. Uh, um it could just as easily change it could change very 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 quickly well yeah as john schneider said they they have won a couple games in a row a few times here uh over the course of an 162 game season i i think that the point you made about the fact that mano would have started anyway is exactly the right point like if you look at luis castillo's numbers he was not as effective as manoa over the course of the season like maybe he his highest ceiling which was basically that start could you could spin a narrative in your head based on 
you know, arguably overreacting to the last game that his high ceiling might be higher than Manoa's high, high ceiling. But you'd, you'd rather have Manoa. Most of the outcomes, um, you know, there's a reason that the Blue Jays were heavily favored in this first game across betting markets and stuff, which you don't have to get into. But like Manoa is a guy who has driven winning for them for two years now. Um, this was a tough start, it, and it, it, it's unfortunate if he ends up being a bit of a fall guy here. But you're right, like Luis Castillo. You know, if the Blue Jays had gotten him, he probably would have pitched game two. Maybe I don't. I don't even know. You could make an argument that he would have been like the guy in reserve who they bring out of a bullpen in a game one or two, or maybe starting game three. It is, you know, the Blue Jays would love to have had Luis Castillo. That would have been a good thing for the Blue Jays, but. I don't think that there will be an outcry if this goes a certain way that I'm not sure will be totally fair. Because, again, you look at the guys like Anthony Bass has been great for them. He really has helped solidify a bullpen that's improved. Um, You know, Zach Pop is an interesting longer term uh, project for them, but also someone who's helped, especially at the end of the season. And you know what? Whit Merrifield's been great on balance. Uh, You know, it hasn't been a great experience the entire time, but Whit Merrifield has been really good, and he may yet have something to say in this series or deeper in the playoffs in terms of the Blue Jays having success, like with his speed and versatility uh, and, you know, the injuries that they've had now, they kind of need Merrifield at this particular moment, and he's a consistent fixture in their starting lineup. So it's not like the guys they got are not helpful at this time. Um, It's just, you know... A three-game series invites the prisoner of the moment mentality. You know, a one-game series does even more, but three-game series is about as wrapped up as we can get, and as uh, as much as we can fail to see the big picture, we're going to do it at a time like this. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And I, but also, you know, that, uh, there's still time. There's still time for Whit Merrifield to to leave an impression on the series. There's still time for the bullpen to do that as well. Uh, I know one thing that terrified me that I said to somebody yesterday was just like, oh, just the thought of Jimmy Garcia with the uh, with the season on the line. It's like kind of like okay, it's not, you know. And, and I think that was more the story. Not even necessarily the specific guys they got, but that they didn't do more, and and, and that they didn't do more in the rotation. They got Mitch White, which obviously hasn't worked out so great, uh, and that a lot of people I don't think thought that Anthony Bass was uh, was as uh, uh, as exciting a, a, an opportunity as the Jays seem to. But uh, but you know what? I mean, we don't have to argue with these these straw men who do exist, but are are you know are are out there uh, throwing takes to be ignored into the void. Yeah, there will be plenty of time to argue with shitty drama, and that is an off-season hobby for all of us. We have a, a chat right here, <laughs> Elated Pickle, which is a that's a hell of a handle. Um, just wait for the shitty takes if Ray outpitches Gosman. This is uh, this is absolutely true, and we're gonna get to some of the things Ray said about his return to Toronto because I thought they were pretty interesting in a piece by a friend of the show, David Singh. Um, but yeah, I, there's nothing. There's not really a single metric you could point to this season that says Ray has been a better pitcher than Gosman. Like, even though Gosman has been, um, he's had a couple of shaky starts, even though the bulk innings haven't been there all the time. Like, he's had some shorter outings, Ray's pitched more innings. Like, you can go across the board, and Gosman has been better in pretty much every way imaginable. So, you know, one game doesn't matter towards that. One game matters a ton towards the fate of the Toronto Blue Jays and their 2022 campaign. But it doesn't matter to the idea that Gosman or Ray was the better idea. Clearly, Gosman was the right pitcher to choose. And uh, they have to feel really good about that contract, which is good for them because they don't necessarily feel really good about the other big contract in the rotation right now. 
Yeah, and that'll that'll be very interesting to see, you know, because it's all hands on deck. They'll 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 give us some, uh, uh, you know, if necessary, they may give us some indication of what they really feel and how much trust they have in Jose Barrios, uh, based on whether or how he gets used uh, as they try to to do whatever they can in these next two games to 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 get wins and to move on. And and yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right, obviously, about Gosman and, and Ray. Ray has, like he did last year, seemed to to have a bit of a rough September. And I, I kind of joked on Twitter earlier about, you know, the guy who, uh, like, uh, max effort all the time, kind of wearing down a bit at the end of the season, maybe. Like, that definitely felt like that was kind of the thing that happened last year. And, and I know Ray's been a bit of a different pitcher this year, but uh, and not throwing quite as hard. But also, uh, I feel we'll hear some grunts today. Uh, I think there's there's some of that to him because that's what got him that contract, which he richly deserved. Um, uh, but yeah, it's I do feel like it's a favorable matchup for them. I think a lot of people have pointed this out. How you know there's no there's no changeups from this lefty it, or, or or a lim- limited changeup use. Uh, kind of I, I saw tweets going around where you know just where he likes to pitch is where Jay, Jay's hitters tend to like to swing. Uh, and that coupled with, you know, the season that he's had and the way that his season's ended is kind of, uh, you know, it, it definitely gives you hope. And that's that's uh, uh, that's more than I feel a lot of Jays fans had uh, during the game uh, on Friday night. Yeah, we'll we'll dive a little bit deeper into the Ray Gosman matchup because that's really at the center of what's happening today. But we do have a caller. So let's get to oh, Harley yeah. here. Yeah, let's do that. Harley, thanks so much for giving us a call, man. Yeah, hey guys, long time listener. Just have to say first of all that uh, drunk Jays fans was just the uh, the gateway to my Blue Jays addiction back in the high oh, school. So. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a. I remember the uh, the 2012 graphic for some reason sticks out of my head. I think of that one every once in a while as well. Anytime I hear the word 2012, I re- I remember yeah. the, the collection Cusack of severed arms. Drunk Jays fans. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank uh, you, man. I was just gonna just gonna ask if you guys feel uh, I feel a bit fortunate, honestly, that they're, they're going with Ray in Game Two instead of Gilbert, just with the uh, the lefty matchup, home run prone. So I just wanted to get yeah. your thoughts on that, I, that decision. That's a, yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, I do feel a little bit like I mean, uh, I I don't have Gilbert's numbers in front of me, but uh, but yeah, he's real he's real good. He's a, a, a he's a very very good pitcher who uh, you know throws hard, and I think you know. Uh, as a as a younger guy, maybe the numbers wobbled a little bit this year, and I, I've I've seen people saying, you know, if Ray didn't have that contract, maybe it would be Gilbert, which is a very a very uh, you know take economy kind of uh, opinion to have. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's accurate, but uh, uh, but yeah, Gilbert Gilbert's real good. It doesn't get easier after this if they get by uh, game two. Well, one thing I do want to add on Gilbert, uh, if you want to feel encouraged about a potential game three, is the Blue Jays do have really good numbers against him. So, like, the current Blue Jays lineup has 75 plate appearances against him, and they've slugged 600. Um, So I think that that might play a slight role into the Blue Jays have hit left-handed pitchers worse as well. So that could also play a role in why they went with Ray instead. I'm not saying that to say that things will get easy if you face Logan Gilbert. That is absolutely not the case, but... Um, he is a guy that they've had some success against in the past for what it's worth. Yeah. So, uh, so there's that, there's that once we get through the, the, the painful nightmare of, uh, of game two, i.e. the excitement and the thing we've all been waiting for, for, uh, you know, really since 2016. 
One thing, actually, uh, this was a question that I wanted to ask you, Stoughton, and we kind of got a little bit further down the line, but then Elated Pickle brought it back. Uh, and he asked how the atmosphere was at the game, because I saw some complaints about it and how the you know the air kind of came out of the balloon after that big first inning, and it didn't feel like uh, that big atmosphere that we you know we tend to associate with the 2015 and 16 runs, for instance. Yeah, I don't, it didn't really have a, a chance to materialize. Like part of that, I think, was the time. You know, I think a bunch of people like it was surprising uh, that people weren't entirely in their seats. You know, uh, at the time of like the anthem and the the, the ceremonial first pitch, uh, which you know sometimes that's security stuff. Sometimes that's a lot of people around the concourse. They really enjoy uh, and and uh, and try to get people to to do stuff like that. So it, it, it's hard to read, and I don't like you know fan shaming in any way. I also talked to some people who were like you know talking about the, t- the ticket situation. And I've, I've heard a few people talk about how uh, tickets were, were getting or were being left unsold or, or very close to the end of the game and, and sold at discounts uh, from like face value. Like you can, you can get tickets. If you're listening live right now, you could probably get yourself to the game fairly easily, uh, which may just be a factor as some suggested. I don't know enough about like the secondary markets and how, or, you know, how any of that works. I mean, just because I don't really use it, but uh, people suggesting that a lot of scalpers and, and and uh, and people buying to sell tickets like bought up too many of the tickets and and, and that maybe uh, made some late movement and some late decisions for people. But uh, so that so like during the player introductions, during the during you know all that the pregame ceremony kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, it did, I mean it didn't feel like the bat flip had just happened, which obviously, but it it, it was it was the atmosphere was good and and everybody was like was ready to go and it it did sort of pop the air in the balloon a little bit uh, the way the first inning went understandably so and it was i think really tough to get it back just because of how well castillo was dealing so like no i don't know what what do you what do you want what do you want fans to do <laughs> i mean they're you know you could nitpick and be like oh you got to show a little more belief sometimes but the the jays weren't offering you very much yeah, that's a, that's a reason. I thought it was weird for I think it was Blog To tweeted from like their main Twitter account about it to like come off the sidelines and give shit to the fans in the stadium. I don't know. That seemed like a weird move to me. Um, no, I just wanted to address that briefly. Again, there's not too much to say on it, and like you said, the whole fan shaming thing it seems stupid to me. Uh, you can go and be a fan in exactly what way you see fit. Uh, I did want to get to the comments made by Ray sort of in the pregame before this matchup because a couple of them were interesting one i just thought it was funny because we had our whole discussion about marcus Semyon and whether you like a guy um how you interpret their pursuit of the richest possible contract and ray was very overt when asked like why did he pick seattle and he apparently there's some things not quoted in the story at sportsnet so uh, i don't want to say that he said something about you know something about the young players in seattle and noticing the energy when he went there but it, it seems kind of like bullshit because what he then said was obviously the financials behind it were a big part of it too because i'm trying to set up my family for a long time i'm not going to sit here and lie to you that was a big part of it. Those are kind of the two biggest factors for me. You just very rarely see players say this in public, and they should feel entitled to do so, and they should feel empowered to be honest. Uh, and I thought it was kind of cool that he was like, yeah, I was out here trying to get money because I'm trying to set up my uh, family for the dystopian future we've got coming our way. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, less dystopian for people who's whose dad made the hundred million or whatever the hell the contract is. Um, yeah. It, it, I, I, I think that's refreshing. I'm, I'm completely fine with it. Um, I don't know if it's a dig or an attempted dig at like, you know, whatever the Jays were offering, maybe they weren't offering as much. I know that there was some 
There was some talk about that in the off season. Um, you know, I mean, it's a nice way to, to skirt the, the, was it because you didn't want to get vaccinated before the rules changed the question, but, uh, but, but not, you know, uh, beyond that, not to knock him. Cause yeah, I think that, I think that that's a completely fair choice for these guys to make. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, maybe he was doing it for the union a little bit as well. He just didn't have time to talk about it uh, at the press conference. There's only so much union talk you can do while the season is going on. The other I, quote... Yeah, with the background of the, the looming lockout or, or, and, and all of that, like, it, it was, a, I think, people more high, more sensitive, more heightened to, yeah, go go get that money and, and push everything. Like, the union stuff, I think, was higher in line, as we saw with Marcus Simeon, though, you know. Uh, as we've discussed, like it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it, we, we say that I believe you were telling, you were saying this, right. That we, we find, we can find a way to like a guy by, by saying that as opposed to yeah. it, it applying to everybody. Yeah. You can apply filters as, uh, as it pertains to your priors and that's what we all do. And it's good to be honest about it, I guess. Uh, the, the other quote I thought was interesting was him talk about sort of the success he had in 2021. And he said, Honestly, they allowed me, they, they being Toronto, to be myself and learn some things on the fly, learn a little bit about myself that I hadn't known. I think for me, something was missing. With the other clubs, it's always, you need to do this, you need to do this. With the Blue Jays, it's, we're going to let you be yourself as far as your routine, the pitches you choose, game planning, and stuff like that. Um, we've heard things sort of to this effect before, but it is interesting because it would seem like the prevailing wisdom these days is to have pretty regimented game planning and a pretty scientific approach to pitching where it's like these are the optimal pitches to use in these situations and these are the pitches that you have with the best shape and you should throw them um and it feels like what ray is saying here is that they they kind of were a little bit more hands-off with him than you might expect because when he had this big turnaround it's easy to say oh well he had a big turnaround they must have done something to fix him and it seems like at least from his perspective uh, and, you know, his perspective might be one that is inclined to give himself the most possible credit, not in a malicious way, just kind of subconscious bias. Um, but it does seem like they were a little bit more hands off with him. Uh, and or at least he felt like that was the case uh, from his perspective, which is not what you associate with these big pitching turnarounds. Yeah, absolutely true. Um, and and it's something it's something that Ross Atkins has talked about a lot. Uh, probably Shapiro as well. You know, we, the, the famously Bo Bichette, you know, they, they weren't going to you know, mess about with his swing. And that was something that appealed to him when he had agency over who could draft him. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it, it can be a double-edged sword perhaps as well. You know, I think I saw Arden tweet, uh, tweet yesterday that they, the part of the reason that Kikuchi uh, made the roster is that like some of the changes they wanted him to make all along are kind of starting to take. And it's like, well, maybe that is an effect of the, uh, of the things that like Atkins would say, it's like, well, we want to provide the resources for them to be as good as they possibly can be and not, you know, and not like stamp something on them that they don't want to do. And, and, you know, there's, there's maybe good and maybe bad with it, but it, it, I, I don't necessarily think that Ray's wrong. Like that does sound like, you know, what they're doing and, and, and what they, uh, the, the approach that they take with their players. And I think that, you know, I mean, part of the selling point on it is, you know, here's how we can do it. I mean, Ray obviously had, you know, the tail end of 2020 to kind of see how these things would work. Uh, and obviously like he did change and he did incorporate some new stuff. So, uh, you know, whether the team 
uh, forced him to do or not doesn't necessarily matter, I guess. But uh, but if that's the way that he kind of prefers working, and if that's uh, that's good, I guess good for the Jays to earn that reputation uh, because there's probably some appeal to it rather than you know if once once a player speaking of agency like has the, has the ability to choose where he could play. Um, I can see there's a, there absolutely being an appeal to, you know, we're going to let you do your thing and be as good as you can on your own terms, as opposed to, uh, you're going to come here and we're going to tell you what to do. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of pitchers that sort of feel the way Ray describes feeling with his past teams. Like they feel like they're kind of being prescribed to, and you know, maybe even potentially talked down to with, you know, generally speaking, statistically based stuff that they may not necessarily believe that much in or understand that much because it hasn't necessarily been their job to understand it for the vast majority of their career. Like it's easy for you to feel like people are telling you what to do based on things that you don't, I don't know. Yeah. Fully understand. I think that's something that's very relatable to people in a variety of jobs. Sometimes it feels like decisions are coming down from above and you don't necessarily agree or don't necessarily feel like you have a say in it. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's, I don't know what the opposite word for empowering would be. That's uh, eluding me right now. But that's probably how it would feel. Before we get to the Gosman Ray kind of drilling down on that matchup a little bit more, because that's really at the center of this game too, uh, we did have a, a chat comment here. And I, I can't get to all the chats. We have a very active chat today. So well, oh, yeah. well, well done, folks. Um, Still can see none of these. But Ryan Mix says... I'll say this, Stoughton would have been proud of me. I shouted down a doofus attempting to start a wave, a row or two in front of me in the 100s during the top of the fourth. Uh, I took the lead after there were some groans. He initially persisted. Once a bunch more people jumped in and told him to knock it off, he finally sat down. Um, you know, great anecdotes from the park. Clearly, you know, we can complain about some, some of the fans, as we see there. There are some villains in the story. Uh, but there are also people who understand that the wave has no place um basically uh in well definitely not in a playoff game but i i've been anti i know you, your anti-waveness uh, is more well documented perhaps but i've it's, been anti-wave since i was a child and it's uh it's the worst yeah uh no uh excellent stuff uh, shutting that guy down uh glad glad to hear i mean you know glad to hear it I, I may have been a little more militant about these things in years past, but yeah, the wave the wave is dumb, especially uh, in an engaging ball game. I thought, uh, like they did one in, uh, did they do one in Baltimore? They did one in one of the, they did one in a meaningless game or a blowout. I think in the Red Sox series, uh, at the end of the game, and it's like, yes, this is a good time to do the wave, like do the wave when it's nine nothing, and you're just sort of waiting to hear that air horn and uh, and and cheer and go to your car, like. Uh, yeah, doing it when when I'm trying to watch the game behind you. Come on. I think you could also make an uh, an argument for sort of a gloating wave in a blowout win, even in a game that matters. Like if Blue Jays mm -hmm. got to game three and they were winning that game thirteen to one in the yeah in the top of the ninth inning, you could make an argument for a wave there. That's not how I would choose to spend my energy, but <laughs> I I understand someone. At least there'd be some thought behind it. That just sounds like a a senseless wave, a fourth inning wave in a game where the Blue Jays are trying to claw back, you know, a realistic lead. Uh, you hate to hear about that going down. Yeah, and it did feel kind of realistic, you know, as long as you didn't watch <laughs> all of Castillo's pitches. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what I, I just occasionally would check the score when I felt like it wasn't rude to do so. So it felt, it felt like an attainable win from my perspective. Um, so let's get to Gosman and Ray here. I think this is a very interesting matchup because – 
the idea is going to be that oh these are two you know top of the rotation guys and you know we've got, we got last year's Cy Young winner we've got Gosman who's been you know although there's been ups and downs he's been fantastic in general I think it's a tricky matchup for both of them to be honest like I wouldn't be shocked if we get a few runs scored early in this game Seattle was kind of the first team that figured out Gosman like if you recall early in the year he was just truly unstoppable the first six starts. He had the 213 ERA, but he had the 077 fit, 46 Ks, one walk. Uh, and he, he was just running these insane chase rates. And they were the first team that was able to sort of hold up. And we got all that talk about tipping pitches and stuff. It really started with that. He had only three strikeouts against them in five innings. They have the third lowest chase rate in the majors. And Gosman is very chase rate dependent in terms of being successful, getting guys to swing at that splitter outside the zone. So I think he could be in for a bit of a tricky outing. And then the same you could say for Ray. Uh, he didn't face Toronto, obviously. He's a different pitcher. His velocity is down. But like you said, he doesn't have that changeup that seems to drive the Blue Jays mad. And then if you look at you know September, like you said, he has not finished the season strong. His last five starts, you're looking at a 527 ERA, 589 FIP. I think it's interesting because... All of the hoopla about this game is about this matchup and these guys that they sort of chose between, but maybe didn't, depending how Ray feels about vaccinations. And uh, it could, I could easily see this having a very different flavor. Yeah, it could be. I mean, I, you know, for the for Jays fans, you kind of don't necessarily want it to become a battle of the bullpens real quick because um, there's really good over there. Uh, and, and, with, and the Jays is fine, but. Uh, but yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It could, I mean, and Osman, I mean, bad, it shouldn't be sticky, but, uh, but it's been a weird thing with him all year, um, which I don't know if anyone has properly really figured out like why that keeps happening other than, you know, he just is so chase dependent that he, that, that he does get hit hard when he, when he happens to get hit. So, uh, you know, that could absolutely be something that factors in, um, to yeah to this game as could as could ray getting hit all over the yard like it, it's uh it's really it's up for grabs it's up for grabs it's what it's kind of why uh you really would have liked to win game one but uh because yeah like gossman as you said earlier like you know not not the guy not a game one starter that i would have trusted i mean game two seems fine he's the right choice here ross stripling would have been a fine choice as well but um but you know he's just he's prone to a blow up, and and I think that was part of the appeal of Manoa, like you said, like this just not having those kind of games. And, and Gossman feels like sometimes that has happened to him a bit this year. Yeah, absolutely. And and for Ray, just a couple notes on him because I think I think a lot of Blue Jays fans haven't you know watched a lot of Ray this season, which is absolutely reasonable. He is no longer on the team. He plays in a different time zone. Um, the velocity is down one and a half miles per hour. That's pretty significant. He started to throw a sinker now. He basically didn't do that with the Blue Jays. He has dabbled with it a little bit in the past, but now it's up to 20.8%. So that's a big pitch. So uh, for those of you who feel like, you know, he was a big fly ball guy with the Blue Jays and, you know, you could have a nasty Vladdy moment uh, with him because now he does that. And then a couple of guys to watch here, you know, Springer has been great against Ray, you know, seven uh, a 933 slugging and 17 plate appearances, small sample, whatever. Tay Oscar is your big lefty killer this year. 175 WRC plus against lefties. 140 for his career. He's always done it. And then Espinal too. He's sliding into the lineup today. It'll be interesting to see how he looks physically. But a 137 WRC plus versus lefties. And that's his career total as well. People, 
I don't think realize just how extreme Espinal is on the on the lefty righty splits. Like he's a you know he's a he's an Albert Pujols who plays good defense at the middle infield. Yeah, so somewhat. I mean, <laughs> maybe the pools of the last ten years, as opposed to the last ten weeks. But, but yes, sure, yes, I, uh, no. The, yeah, exactly. This the <laughs> modern pools. Yeah, I, I I think you're right. It'll be interesting to watch uh, to watch Espinal uh, and to see how he does. But yeah, the, the, there are there are reasons why uh, uh, Mariners fans should be should be wary of this. Also, I, I saw I saw like a city TV guy. Uh, mentioned that Ken Griffey Jr. was around, and I'm like, that's bold. That's uh, you know, I I I know you don't have any World Series winners uh, in your in your illustrious history, Mariners, to uh, to bring to the ballpark. I mean, Griffey's allowed to go wherever he wants, obviously, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if the guy who left for greener pastures and 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 was in the team when it was really good and just could not get over the hump is. Uh, is the omen you want, but hey, I'm not I'm not the Seattle Mariners or Ken Griffey Jr., who I love, by the way, but I just think that's kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, it is funny, but weren't they also shipping the champagne up there or whatever, and everyone's like, oh, this is arrogant, this is hubris or whatever. I don't know. They, they, they fancy themselves a team of destiny, and I understand why that is. Like, people are saying, like, oh, why is everyone cheering for the Mariners? Like, I understand why everyone outside Toronto is cheering for the Mariners. I mean, not only are they the American team against the Canadian team, but they're also, like, this is a likable group as well. Like, that's not the way people want to think about it at this particular moment, and that's totally reasonable. But, you know, they're, this is a team that a lot of people want to see succeed because, you know, they haven't been here for so long. And like you said, everybody loves, there's no one who doesn't love Ken Griffey Jr., uh, but you know, this is, uh, it's an unfortunate situation that the Blue Jays have come up against them in this regard, but at the same time, like, I don't know, would you rather be playing the Tampa Bay Rays? Well, maybe the way they've looked, but, um, <laughs> yeah. going into the series, I think, th- I think this is what you would have wanted, you know, like it might be that we close out this episode in a couple minutes and the game goes on and the Blue Jays lose in convincing fashion. That is all on the table. But I think the Seattle Mariners at home was kind of what you would have wanted all along. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely true. I think that's absolutely true, uh, and it just shows you what what a, what a short series is all about. And it also makes you kind of think about, you know, the the previous wild card format, which would have, uh, you know, the Jays would have would have hosted yesterday's game basically, and and maybe they would have played it a little bit differently in terms of you know it being uh, a one and done in the the wild card game kind of thing. But also in previous uh, the one previous to that. Uh, the Jays would have won the would have been the only wild card team at some point in MLB's history and would have simply proceeded to the uh, to the ALDS and that uh, that that to me seems like a nice idea <laughs> at this point <laughs> in my life uh, and at this point in this series. Yeah, it, it is. It's interesting how much has changed. I I think this is to be honest. I think this is the right balance. Um, you know, I, the one game is such a spectacle and it's so much fun, especially if you don't have any real stake in it whatsoever. And you normally see the best possible pitchers and there's some exceptions when guys need to get there or whatever. But I, I just don't think that, you know, a single baseball game, you know, three, it's, you know, three games is also unbelievably fluky. I'm not going to pretend like there's a huge difference, but it, it, psychologically speaking, it feels like giving teams the slightest margin for error makes sense to me. And I understand you can't draw out a huge series. You got to get all the playoffs done. So I think that this is the right format, even if uh, a lot of Blue Jays fans may not feel that in a few hours, but also 
again, we're speaking at a moment where people are pretty down on the Blue Jays. It could be a very different tune in a matter of hours. Yeah, I'd like to think that it will. Uh, just trying to manifest that. But yeah, I, I don't want this to end. I also think, you know, practically, uh, in terms of like the Blue Jays being a team that, you know, if it's not going to be this year, though, it absolutely still could like have that deep run, go to the World Series, win the World Series. Um, you know, getting some of these guys more at bats in playoff situations, having them go through this uh, this experience uh, a little more probably couldn't hurt. So to be two and done after being two and done in 2020, missing it by a game last year, that feel it feels like that's like, I mean, I don't know what, like development isn't the right word for it, but I mean, I think that there probably is something to the fact that, you know, George Springer has all that playoff experience and, and seems to do well and thrive there. I mean, partly that's because he's just a great player, but like, I don't know, that's something that people in the industry seem to take a little bit seriously. Uh, maybe that's changing uh, and maybe that's sort of built for narratives more than it is like for the way that the sport actually works. But, I, you know, even even if I knew they were going to lose in a couple series, I, I think it would be probably a good thing to see this team really kind of like get their feet underneath them and, and, and feel the playoffs a little more than just like really being bounced quickly. Other reasons why I don't want that to happen as well, obviously. Yeah, and we will get into sort of the what constitutes a success for the Blue Jays and what was the 2022 season. And it's just it's silly to talk about that because they could still win the World Series and they could also be done in a few hours. So now is not the time to parse that particular topic. But I do agree with you that there is value in kind of making some playoff progress with this group for the first time. And the difference between making the playoffs and losing both their games and missing the playoffs by year and arguably having a better team doesn't really feel like a significant step forward, uh, even if there's a literal entrance into the playoffs involved. So it'll be interesting to uh, to go over all of that with you, but we're not going to do that now. We're going to leave you guys now. Uh, we hope everyone here enjoys game two of this wildcard series and we will be back talking to you at some point in the near future we will have to figure things out kind of depending on what the toronto blue jays do all right let's uh let's keep the season going thanks everybody <laughs>